0: What's up everyone and welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we are learning Daf Chav Ches of Masech De Brachos. This is mamish, super Gishmaka page, Mamish and Geshmarka page. I'm very excited for everybody here that we're going to be able to learn this together. Uh, we start off with the first pretty much Daf and we, we, we even got a bunch to do on Daf Chav Zayin on base. But the first uh, big chunk of today's Daf uh, tells the story of when um, they removed Durban Gamliel from being the uh, head of the academy, and um, it's a super interesting story. You know, you know, I, I've learned it a, a number of times, and this time I really, you know, I'm viewing it from the perspective of almost like a leader who was out of touch with with, with his community and his downfall and his uh, fall from from sort of um, um, uncontested power. Uh, and it's it's almost tragic, um, and also really quite. Um, uh, I, don't know, I don't know if the word is engaging, but it but really, uh, yeah, it's really I- interesting to read uh, about this story. Um, and then, you know, and then we see some interesting prayers, some that we might uh, recognize on Dav Chav Chesim us So let's, um, let's jump in without further ado. We, we do have a lot to do today because uh, we, we, you know, we still, this story really starts up on Chav uh, Zayim Not too close to the bottom, really, but I just couldn't really... There's, it doesn't end for a while on Chav So here we go. Now, I apologize in advance if some of the chavra in the park outside my house is um, making it difficult for me to focus or for you to focus. Ho- hopefully that won't be the case, though. Um, okay, fine. So we're going to start on Chav Zayin four lines before it gets uh, really wide. So there's a story of a one student who came in front of Rabbi Yoshua. And he asked of Yeshua, he says, So, do you, is, is uh, Mariv, is it um, optional or is it obligatory, right? Because we the last thing that we learned yesterday was that it's machlok, if it's optional or obligatory, Rabbi says that it's taka rishos and we seem to pass in that way, l'maiseh. Okay, fine. So, Rabbi Yeshua says it's uh, optional. So, Rabbi Yeshua says it's optional. Then he came in front of Rabbi Gamliel and he asked him the same question. Rabbi Gamliel says, Mapitom, of course it's obligatory to pray Mar. Rabbi But then this student said, but Rabbi Yoshua told me that it's optional. So Rabbi Hamtenatchi Bale trees in the So told this student, wait until the um, shield bearers come into the Vesa Majish. it almost sounds like Maybe you can argue that Rabunil is viewing this as like a holy war. He's saying, like what, 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 what what's Rabbi Yoshua trying to say that, right, that it's optional to Dab Marv? Of course you have to dab Marv. And he said the shield bearers who are gonna to come to fight the, the the Milchama, the war of Torah, are gonna to come to the base madrish. Anyways, um, um, I'm to, okay. So and then when the shield bearers, i.e. when the when the students of the academy came into the base of Majrish, so the asker. Got up and asked. Right? It almost sounds like you know we've been talking about these tannas, these people, these people who would get up in the of edge and like teach something. So the asker got up and he asked, Khova. He says, "Friends, is davening Marv, um optional or obligatory?" So now Amalei Rambam Gamliel chova. Rambam Gamliel of course got up and he says it's it's obligatory. And then Amalei Rambam Gamliel klum And then he looked towards everybody else with a sort of suspicious glance and he said, is there anybody here who feels differently? And Rabbi Yeshua says, no, 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 nobody disagrees with you. And then Rabbi Gamliel said to Rabbi Yeshua, but didn't they say to me in your name that you said that it is um, optional? And to which Rabbi Gamliel then you know, I guess Rabbi Yoshua didn't respond, and someone like something like, Shtika you know, his, his silence was sort of admitting that he did say that it's uh, optional. And, um, and Amelmila says, Rabbi Yoshua, uh, stand up. Stand up. And Amar Rabbi Yoshua araglav, and Rabbi Yoshua stood up, and he said, if I were to be alive and that student were to be dead, so so somebody who's alive can, you know, contradict somebody who's dead, and, you know, he knows can feel confident that the dead person won't won't um, you know uh, contra- you know contradict his claim. But the, the, the unfortunately for me, I'm alive and the student is alive. And if I say you know I didn't say that, then he'll say you did say that, and uh, you know I can't really get away with it so good. So, so, Zew, so Rabbi, it's almost like Rabbi Gamliel like punished Rabbi Yoshua Ki'ilu, that he had to, that he had to um, stand there, basically was standing up while everyone was sitting, Rabbi Yoshua was kind of like standing in the corner, so to speak, in time out, while Rabbi Gamliel was, continued then to uh, teach. Until the entire nation uh, complained, and they said to Chutzbis, the uh, translator. Um, now, because the way that they used to do it is that the teacher would kind of teach, And he would speak to a, uh, you know, like a human microphone, so to speak. And then this translator would like say it to uh, everybody who was um, sitting there, okay? So, they, you know, everyone who was in attendance in the Beit Midrash, they said to Khutbis uh, aturgaman, this translator, they said, Amod, stop. Ve'amad. And Khutbis stopped. Amriyad, kama Nitzari ve'azil. And then, Nitsari Vinezil, right? And they said, you know how much are we how much longer are we going to accept this abuse of rabbi yoshua from rav gamliel right last year on rosh Hashanah, um, or really in mesheter rosh Hashanah, uh, rav gamliel uh, also you know in, in in abused let's say rabbi yoshua right? there was there's there's um uh it's in the machsnaias i believe in rosh Hashanah, that rabbi yoshua one year felt that um, yom Kippur should be on a certain day Rabbi felt that it should be on a different day, and he forced Rabbi Yoshua to show up uh, in the Beit HaMedrish on the day that, he, that Rabbi Yoshua thought was uh, Yom Kippur, um, that he should show up with his money belt and you know, like basically to make it clear to Rabbi Yoshua that he will, you know, must violate uh, Yom Kippur on the day that he feels is Yom Kippur. Right, there's a story in Bihoros that I'm not very familiar with. It I took a glance at it quickly, but basically, uh, there's a story regarding Bichoros that uh, you know, Rabbi Rabbi Gamliel felt one way, Rabbi Yeshua felt a different way, and uh, a very similar outcome uh, ensued, which is that Rabbi Gamliel said to Rabbi Yeshua, you know, get up, and he had to stand up, and 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 it was embarrassing. So how And here also now regarding Tefillah Arvis Rishus Sohova, Rabbi Gamliel is is you know like uh, abusing Rabbi Yeshua so to speak. That's it. We had enough of this Rav Gamliel guy, uh, we, we are going to, you know, by popular vote, we're going to remove him from being the leader of the academy. So then they said, So great, so who should we replace? You know, who should who will fill, who will fill this uh, power vacuum? Should we swap Rav Gamliel for Rabbi Yoshua who is basically, you know, who will go from being the one being abused to taking the spot of the abuser? So, Bamaisu, no, he said, no. Rabbi Yeshua is, uh, you know, he's he's sort of part of the story. We can't just, you know, swap out Rabbi Gamliel. Rashi says it would be, you know, too too um, insulting to Rabbi Gamliel if we did that. No, Rabbi Akiva, should we then um, put Rabbi Akiva as the head of the academy, right? Rabbi Akiva is the great Rabbi Akiva. So, Anishle Oh, so they said, no, we can't do that because maybe Rabbi Gamliel will sort, somehow uh, punish Rabbi Akiva. Via black magic of sorts, since um, Rabbi Kiva is is spiritual, you know, is somewhat weak in that he doesn't have the uh, support of of uh, uh, of his father since he was a bal right? He he started learning when he was forty years old. They said, okay, so what we should do is we should set have Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah be the next head of the academy, do chacham because he's wise, he's smart, v'u usher and he's wealthy, and he's also a tenth generation descendant. From Ezra HaSofer, okay, He's smart, so if they ask him any questions, he'll know the answers. V'u Asher, he's rich. So it, you know, so that if he needs to bribe the Caesar, he no problem. He has, he has the money to be able to go and pay whatever bribes he needs to pay. V'u Right? and he's the tenth generation from Ezra. That he has the uh, merit of his forefathers, and um, and um, Gamliel won't be able to, um, you know, punish him using whatever uh, spiritual means he has. So, So they went to Rabbi Azari and they said, "Would you like to be the next head of the academy?" He says, "I, I, 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 I got to first consult with my wife." So, also, Rabbi so he went and he consulted with, with his wife. Umberle, and she said to him, Dumum loch, and, and she said, Look, you, you, you're walking into a trap over here. You know, look, look what they just did to Rabban Gamliel, the great Rabban Gamliel, right? Who was, he had Yich, right? His father was Rabban Gamliel. And I think Rabban Gamliel's father was also Rabban Gamliel, right? Rabban Gamliel. I think his father was like one of the Ezra's already. Uh, no, not the Ezra's. One of the Hillel's or something like that. I mean, it comes from a very Muachas family, right? But maybe if somebody uh, knows that, they could uh, let us know in the group. And so, 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 his wife told, told him, like, if they got rid of Rebbe Gamliel, you know, they can just as easily, much, or much easier even, just get rid of you. So Amala, he said to her, He says, yeah, but you know what? It would be better for a person to uh, have the ability to use a very fancy uh, cup, glass cup, even for one day, even if the next day it's going to break, but at least he had that one day, right? So I may as well accept the honor of this position, even if they're going to later revoke it. Um, Amr really, she said to him, You don't have a white beard, right? That day was his 18th birthday. That day was Rebbe 18th birthday. And a miracle happened, and he um, miraculously got 18 rows of white hair. I guess, you know, he suddenly... Uh, got lots of white hair and lots of white beard or something. I know Hine de Kamar, Rablos ibn Azaria, Hare ani Kiven Shivim Shana, the low benchivim Shana. And that's why on the feud baseam base, in the mission of Rablos ibn Azaria said, I am like 70 years old. I'm not actually 70 years years old. He was really 18 years old, okay? Now Tana yom Osayom Sa'kul Shomrei Pesach. That day they removed the security guard from the uh door of the Beis Hamagedish. And they allowed anybody to come into the Beis HaMajrish. Because <laughs> Rabbi Gamliel would announce and say, Because <laughs> Rabbi Gamliel made, made, made rules for for, for, for for entrance. He said, anybody who's inside is not like his outside. I.e. anybody who's not 100% authentic has no place in the Beis Ha-Majish, Right? So that day, they got rid of this um, um, gatekeeper and they allowed anybody to um enter the base and that day many benches were added to the base right one of them says that Four hundred benches were added that day. Another one says seven hundred benches were added to the Beis HaMajish that day. Either way, a lot of people came to the Beis HaMajish to learn when they removed Rabbi Gamliel from being the leader. Habakalchal died to Rabbi Gamliel, so Rabbi Gamliel started to feel bad. Amar Duma manati Torah Maybe I was preventing people, preventing Yidin from from learning. So they showed him in a dream chatzve chivari the Malion Kitma pictures of white pitchers that were filled with ashes they were filled with ashes right the point being that no Bill, you were right um, you know all these people who are learning today it looks like they're good people but really on the inside they're, they're 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 no good you were doing the right thing right i guess right the 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 white vessels with the black ashes inside i guess being uh, an anal- a, a metaphor for his um, insistence that people be the same way on the inside as they are on the outside um, so that dream was kind of showing support for his perspective. But the Gemara says, that, w- that wasn't really true. That was really only to make, you know, make Gamliel not feel bad. They You know, he was showing that dream. But the fact of the matter is, it was really better what they did that day by allowing anybody to come and learn. Remember, um, we, we, we saw yesterday that um, we saw yesterday that um, um, the we can dive in sh- uh, Shacharis for the first four hours like Rabbi Yehuda because the Masechta Adios, the, the, the halacha is it, is uh, is, like Rabbi Yehu- is like Rabbi Yehuda, Gabi Shacharis. Well, the whole Masechta Adios, everything, uh, every halacha that is Paskin in that Masechta of Mishnayis was taught that day in the Besam, in this Yom Edrish. And anywhere in Mishnayis, no matter where that Mishnah is, in all of shas, uh, shas Mishnayis, if it says bo it's talking about that day that they removed Rav from being the nasi. And there was no alocha that remained hanging in the Beis that they didn't um, resolve and give an answer to. Even Rav you know, you would think that Rav was disgraced and he was went home crying. No, no, no way. Even Rav you know, didn't miss out on this amazing day of learning, which says a lot about Rav Right? That even, you know, this must have been extremely difficult for him. You know, imagine also like, you know, he was like his father and his father's father. You know, he comes from a family of, of heads of the academy, and then he kind of blew it. But even so, uh, he remained in the Beis HaMegis that day. He wasn't going to miss out on such an amazing day of learning. The Tanan is we learn in the Mishnah from edios. No, not in Adios, in yadaim. And so, right, that's the point. We have a random Mishnah and says, Bobayom, referring to on this day that we're talking about now. But Yehuda Geramoni name, beves HaMegis. Um, Yehuda, the convert from Ammon, came in front of them uh, to the Beis HaMajjish, Amr Loem, and he said to them, Mutur Ani, right, the Agol Sabach changed it from Ma to Mutur, Ani Bakal, is it permissible for me to convert to Judaism, right? Because there is a Pasuk that says, Lo Yavo Amoni Asiri Lo Yavo right? That um, people from the nation of Ammon or from the nation of Moab are, are, are not permitted to convert to Judaism so 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 i don't remember why exactly i think it's because they, they they didn't they didn't treat us very nicely when we were stuck in the desert and needed their help um, anyways so Amr le Gamliel also and Rabbi said forbidden you're not allowed to join the jewish people Amr <speaking in Hebrew> le says you're allowed to join the 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 jewish people so now here we go right so just a second ago, we had a mechlok between Rabbi Yoshua and Rabbi and Rabbi completely, you know, sort of disgraced him and embarrassed him and abused him. And look what happened. All of a sudden, Rabbi Gamliel, you know, is forced to defend himself for the first time, right? Whereas before, Rabbi Gamliel just had ultimate rule. You didn't, you didn't contest anything that Rabbi Gamliel said. You know, if Rabbi Gamliel, Gamliel would have said, you know, earlier that day, that um, this, this Yehuda Garamoni can't come in the Hashem, you wouldn't dare contradict what he was saying, right? Right. Even when Rabbi Gamliel asked, did anybody disagree with the fact that um, that that, that Marv is a Chova? Rabbi Yoshua didn't dare speak up against him. It was only once Rabbi Gamliel prodded him, but that student said that you argued that he finally had to admit it, right? You know, Rabbi Gamliel was a very authoritative figure, but now all of a sudden we see almost like he's like fallen from grace a little bit, you know, fallen from his power. That all of a sudden he's having to defend himself and he's saying. But Rabbi Yoshua, what about the pasuk of Lo Yavo Ammoni Hashem that a, a person from the nation of Ammon um, or Moab is not allowed to convert? So Amalei Rabbi Yeshua, bechi Ammonu Moabim in Yoshvin? But are Ammon and, and Moab still in the um, you know lands of Ammon and Moab? But Sancheir the King of Ashur came and he mixed up all of the nations, right? And that's how yeah, I'm not going to get into that, but anyways. Sanchei have already mixed up everybody. So if somebody, you know, comes to us and says that he, you know, that he comes from the lands of Ammon, that doesn't mean that he's from Ammon. So, it says, So actually the puzzle, I think, is Right? That the king of, of Assyria said that I will remove all of the borders of the, of the uh, nations and I will plunder their treasuries and I will, you know, bring down those who are currently sitting in strength. Behold the parish, move the parash, and anybody who, who who separates, he separates from the majority. The point being that um, we have no reason to assume that this Yehuda Geramoni is actually from the nation of Ammon, right? Because the people who live in Ammon are not actually from Ammon, and therefore we can assume that he is not a real Ammoni, and therefore he should be able to um convert that was our yoshua's argument umelor ben to which rben gamel said balok vanam va'chakeh an ashevish vos ben aymon numa shemchavshavu but rben gamel said yeah but what about the pasuk that says this pasuk is from hermia and says that afterwards i will return um, the 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 children of amon and rben gamel said and and these children of amon already returned umelor bishua to which obishua responded balok vanam avshav dishvos ami sir va'daino shavu Right? But what do you mean? We have a very similar Pasuk right in the context of the Jews that it says that I'm going to return the Jews to their land and we haven't yet returned to our land. So, miyadi teru And immediately, Rabbi Yoshua actually won that argument and they allowed Yehuda Geramoni to convert. And Rabbi Gamliel, you know had to accept the fact that he actually was not correct and maybe even accept the fact that he. Wasn't always right, you know, and and it is maybe start to question his authority. Anyways, he um, he then said, "Well, if if I see that Rabbi Yeshua is actually right, uh, let let me go and, and ask him for, for for forgiveness of after all that's going on." So, chazinu la'ashisa devese de meshachron. And he went to Rabbi Yeshua's house to ask for forgiveness, and he had actually never been to Rabbi Yeshua's house before in his life. And for the first time, he noticed that. The walls of Rabbi Yeshua's house were black with ash. And he said to Rabbi Yeshua, "Well, from the walls of your house, it would appear that you are a uh, a blacksmith." to which Rabbi Yeshua responded to him, "Oylo Sha'ata panoso, woe to the nation that you are its leader." And the Gileon adds, "Veoylo lesvina shata Kabanita and woe to the boat that you are its captain. Shi'atay Yode'a <speaking> b'tzayin shel <Hebrew> tamideh chachamim. You 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 are uh, oblivious to the difficulties of tamideh chachamim bameh mispainusim. What they have to do to make a living. Uvameh <speaking in Hebrew> nizonim. What they have to do to feed themselves. Amar ne'esi'lah mecholi. Tucherman glil I i you know I've offended you. Please please um, forgive me. Lo ashkach be. And Rabbi Yeshua didn't even listen to him, he ignored him. Wow. Rabbi Gamliel said, well, you know, can you at least forgive me uh, um, um, out of the honor of my father, Rabbi Shimon Gamliel. Pious, and to that, uh, Rabbi Yeshua agreed and he said, sure, I will forgive you out of, the, uh, out of respect for your father. So then they said, So then they said, okay, great, so now what do we do? How, who's going to go and tell the rabbis back at the base medrash that we've resolved it and that Rav Gamliel will now be reinstated as the leader? Amalu Ahu Kobez, some random um, 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 launderer, like a, uh, somebody who worked at a laundromat happened to be there, I guess. I'm not exactly sure why, but um, who knows? Maybe like Yoshua, Rabbi Yoshua, like even shared a space with this launderer, who knows? But anyways, he said, Ana Azilna, he said, I will go. And, and report back into the Beis HaMedrish. So Rabbi Yeshua sent, you know, back over there to the Beis HaMedrish. The one who has always been wearing the cloak until now will continue to wear this the cloak, i.e. Rabbi Gamliel, will continue to be the Nasi. Right? And, and, and somebody who has never worn the cloak before will just, you know, say to the person who has worn the cloak, Take off your cloak and i'm going to wear it right meaning basically they were sending back to the Beis medrish you know R- rabbi gamil has always been the leader he comes from a family of leaders you know he needs to continue being the leader we can't just have somebody who's never been a leader before has no experience uh just take the um leadership responsibilities uh, now in the meantime rabbi kiva had instructed the rabbis gale lock the doors to the Beis medrish the gates to the, to the Beis so that the, so that the, the, the servants of Gamliel shouldn't come and um, pay the Rabbanon, Which is funny because I thought that they opened the gates that day and all of a sudden they very quickly closed it so that the servants of Rebbe shouldn't come. But I guess that they worked it out somehow to to vet for, for who was allowed in. Meaning, as long as they can uh, make sure that your friend you were allowed in, even if you weren't Toho kivaro. But they wanted to make sure that the servants of Rabbi Gamliel weren't going to come and 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 mess things up. So Rabbi Yeshua realized that since the gates were closed, and you know, because I guess you know, all of a sudden you have a, 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 a this guy showing up and saying Rabbi, Rabbi Yeshua and Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Gamliel resolved their their differences, and uh, Rabbi Yeshua agreed that Rabbi Gamliel can now be the the head of the Academy. So like, of course, Rabbi Akiva is going to say, wait, this is suspicious and not trust this launderer. So Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Yoshua says, you know what, I, 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 I should really go and, and resolve this myself so that they will believe me. Um, so, also Tarif Ababa, so Rabbi Yoshua went to the Besamegesh, he banged on the gates, Omelu, said to them, ma'ze ben ma'ze Yaze." right, the uh, sprinkler, the son of the sprinkler shall continue to sprinkle. This is a reference to the para aduma. The um, red heifer that they would slaughter and um, make into ashes, and then they would mix the ashes of the red heifer with um, water from a stream, and then they would sprinkle that on people who had come in contact with um, with, with the dead. Okay, so they're saying, so you're saying as as a metaphor, somebody who uh, um, uh, has sprinkled in the past will continue to continue to sprinkle, i.e., a kohen will be sprinkling the lo Lobenmaz and somebody who is not a sprinkler and is not the son of a sprinkler, i.e., somebody who's not a Kohen, Yoma ben me will he really say to an actual Kohen that your that your um, water is water from a cave, i.e. not fresh stream water and your and your ashes are are just ashes, random ashes that you'd like burnt on your own, but not the ashes of the Parah so, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi and his payasta. Rabbi Yeshua, then Rabbi Akiva says to Rabbi Yeshua, "Have you really been appeased? We really, we did all of this only out of honor for you, you know. But if, if you are really appeased, then sure, we will resolve this. So, tomorrow, um, you and I will will, will go to um, Rabbi Amiel's door and, and we will resolve this." They said, "Well, and okay, great. So now that this has been resolved, what should we do? Na'avre? Should we just get rid of Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah from being the uh, head of the academy? Gemira malin because We've learned that you only go up in holiness. You don't you don't go down in holiness. So we're not going to, um, you know, make Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah the the head of the academy and then immediately remove him. Which is funny because you know his wife was concerned. Well, they're just going to get rid of you." But then when Push came to shove, they actually were going to get rid of him, they said, no way, we're not getting rid of you, because Malam B'kodesh Bey Mariden. Nijrosh Marcha Shabbata, Umarcha Shabbata, right? And uh, so so they said, well, um, maybe they can just switch off weeks, right? One week will be Rebbe Gamliel, one week will be Rebbe Lezeb Ben-Azariah. it'll just end up, it's not going to work. It's going to end up leading to jealousy. So, Lijrosh Rebbe Gamliel, plus the Shabbat of Rebbe Ben-Azariah, Chada Shabbata. So the compromise that they came up with was that, Rebbe Gamliel will be the Nasi for three out of four weeks, and, and one out of four weeks, um, Rebbe Lazar ben Azariah will, will take the responsibilities of Nasius. Uh, and this is what we say, it comes up in, in, in Chagiga apparently, that they said, oh, whose week is it this week? Oh, it's the week of Rebbe Lazar ben Azariah because they would switch off weeks. Now, says the Gemara, who was that Tamad who led to this whole Balagan? Rebbe ben Yochai Rashbi. Okay. Very good. What a story, huh? What a story. What a what a story, huh? Wow. Okay. You could pray musaf all day. Which is very interesting. So Rabbi Yochanan said, yeah, you could pray musaf all day, but you're called a sinner, a poshea, a negligent person. Which is funny because Rabbi Yochanan, of course, is the one who says you could pray all day long, and yet he's saying if you pray, yeah, you could pray musaf all day long, but you're called a sinner, huh? Right? He's the guy who says you can pray whenever you want. So I think it's also interesting that Idafka says it about Musaf, right? Because, as, you know, according to the theme that we've been saying recently, you know, how there's like two aspects of, of of prayer. There is K'neged Avos Tiknum and K'neged Tmidin Tiknum, right? That the Avos is more, and I want to say the Avos is more of like the spiritual kind of thing, like the Rahame thing, whereas the Tmidin is more of the Halacha kind of things. So it's interesting because Musaf is not K'neged the Avos because it's not shachar. The Avos was Shachos marv. this one is kind of Musaf, it's something else. So we really can only rely on the Tmidin. Uh, on the on the Korbanos which are more of like the halachic. we have this time to do it and that time to do it. So over here in this context he's saying this isn't rachame this is halacha. Right? So so you can dive in all day long, but you're called a sinner. Maybe. I don't know. so this should sound familiar. If you had the option to pray two Tfilos, one of Mincha and one of Musa. So Right, so you should first daven mincha and then you should daven musaf because mincha is common, it is 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 um constant, it happens every single day, whereas Mincha Musaf uh, doesn't happen every single day. Rabbi om's musaf, says you should first have musaf because musaf is going to expire soon, whereas mincha you're gonna have until Taga Mincha to do. Um Rabbioch Allah Ms Mincha, Vachakh Mespal Musaf, Rabbi Ochnat says that the Allah is that you should first have Mincha and then you should have Musaf because of uh Talib Shano Tadukodim. Rashi actually has a different way of 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 understanding it. Uh, but we're not going to get into it now. You can check it out. So, Rabbi Zero, when he got um, tired after a long day of learning, he figured, let me just go and I'll sit by the door to the Bismarck of, of Rabbi Nelson Bartuvi. Omar, because his, his logic was that. So he says, look, you know, when the Rabbanon, when the Rabbis are leaving, going in and out of uh, of the Beis HaMajrish over there, I'll stand up for them, and at least I'll get reward for standing up for Talmud Chachamim. Interesting. Nafak also Rabbi Nelson Bartuvi. So, um, guess who came out of the Beis HaMajrish? Rabbi Nelson Bartuvi himself. So, who, so, 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 um, Rabbi Zerah said, Rabbi Nelson Bartuvi said, Who said that Allah in the Beis HaMajrish that you should daven Mincha and then daven musaf?" This is what Rabbi Yochanan said. The not, like Rabbi Yehuda, who says that uh, you should first have Musaf and then have Mincha. And Rabbi, Zer, Rabbi Zer said to Rabbi Batubhi, he said, oh, really? This was Rabbi Yochanan who said this? And he said, yeah. So, and then, uh, uh, So, Rabbi Zer was so excited about this fact that it was Rabbi Yochanan who said this, that he, he, he learned it, from Reb Nassim Bar, 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 Bar Tuvi 40 times, okay? Fine. So Ibn Nassim Bar Tuvi said like, wow, I see you're very, very excited about the Salach of Rabbi Yochanan. Like, is this the first thing that you've ever learned from Rabbi Yochanan, right? You know, it's almost like, uh, you know, Rabbi Nassim Bar Tuvi is like a Hasid of Rabbi Yochanan and, you know, he's seeing that this person is like just drinking up the Torah of this of this Rebbe and, and, and he's like, wow, this must be like the first Torah, you know, that you've heard from this Rebbe. Right? Oh, chadasi or is it just um, you know, or is this just something new? You you know other things from Rabbi Yochanan, this is just a new thing. So I'm like no, I know other things of Rabbi Yochanan, but this thing is new. Mishum de misapkeli Rabbi Yishev because I I always thought that this was Rabbi Yishev and now you're telling me that it was Taka Rabbi Yochanan. Wow, thank you so much. I'm Rabbi Yishev Malavi. Rabbi Rabbi Oh, so so. Uh, somebody who prays Musaf after seven hours, according to Rabbi Yehuda, about him the pasuk says that um, those, um, I guess those, uh, the, the way that the Gemara is learning it is that like God has sort of broken and killed these people because they were um, because they have delayed the the, the times. My mashma High, it's a really cool puzzle but we're like, this is a huge page. So I got to keep moving. Um, but so my mashma High, nugi Lishnah, the the right, um, how do we know that this Nugi is a Lashon of uh, breaking? So, the of Yosef, as Rav Yosef translated, that um, breaking should come, also name, on the enemies of Israel. And of course, we've learned that the enemies of Israel is, is a reference to the Jews themselves. It's a, a euphemism um, because they have uh, delayed the times for um, you know davening and for for festivals and things in Jerusalem. Okay. So uh, Rabbi Lazar basically applies the same pasuk to somebody who um, daven's too late for shachris. Who? How do we know that, that this nugi is a lashon of uh, of pain? Uh, it says that my um, my soul is uh, dripping. From, from pain, which is a pretty crazy uh, Pasuk, right? Meaning, uh, David Melch is saying that my, that my soul is so pained that it's like melted and, and dripping. Uh, kind of a poetic Pasuk. Um, and Rabbi Nachman Yitzchak says from here that it's a Pasuk in Eicha. Uh, it says that the um, virgins of Jerusalem were in pain and it is uh, painful for Jerusalem. So Rav Avya was sick and he was unable to come to the um, Pirka of Rav Yosef. And Rashi explains that the Pirka of Rav Yosef was that every week on Shabbos before Musaf there would be a shir, which is interesting because it's very similar to um, what happens in many of the you know, shuls that we're familiar, familiar with, that there is a um, class, that well not a class, but like a, a shir, before um, they pray Musaf. And um, yeah, the interesting thing is that then they would go from there to the Beit Knesset to, to Davin. And maybe that helped them kind of get back into davening mode because... I think many people are very tired before Musaf starts after the rabbi's speech. Anyways, um, so, uh, so the next day, when Rav Avya came to the Majj, so, so Abaye wanted to sort of, uh, you know, make sure that Rav Yosef was not going to be offended by the fact that Rav Avya was not there. So he said to Rav Avya, like, how come you didn't come to the shear yesterday, he says because I was not feeling well for so I was unable to come. So Rabbi says, well, why didn't you just eat something and then come to the come to the shir? So said, well, what what about the lach of that you're not allowed to eat before Musaf? So the shear happens before Musaf. Um, I couldn't eat before Musaf, and therefore I couldn't come to the shir. So Amalei ibalei l'mar letsaluye the musaf and Rabbi Yochanan l'tom midi So why didn't you just daven musaf? So, so why didn't you just daven musaf? And then you would have davin, then you then eat, and then you could have come to the shir. So so Amalei velosav la mar l'hadar Amor of Adam Yochanan aslo l'azam shiakin tulos But don't you hold of what Rabbi Yochanan said that it is forbidden for somebody to um, pray uh, before the the congregation prays? So how could I daven musaf before the congregation was going to pray musaf? So I'm late, I'm Rabbi Abba, but then um, Rabbi so abai says, yeah, but don't they say that that was only, you know, if you're in shul, then you shouldn't go before, um, you shouldn't pray before everybody else, which is interesting because like a lot of times the thing that happens at shul, right, you're in shul like on Shabbos or whatever, and you have to go because you have like a meal or something like that, and they didn't say Yatab Musaf, so you like just pray Musaf to yourself, you know, quietly before everybody else, um, so I don't know, maybe that's not like ideal. The lach is not like Rav Huna, and it's not like Rav Levi, right? Rav Huna had It's not like Rav that which we just said about, you know, not eating anything before Musaf. Um Yishmael Levi, the amram Levi, the lach is not like Rav Yishmael Levi that he says came in shigiyas man tefila samincha. Also, adam sheyakte sheyto Klum, kolim sheispaal tefila samincha. That um once mincha time comes, a person cannot eat before um praying mincha. Okay, new mishnah. So, when he would go into the Beis and when he would leave, he would pray a, a short prayer. So, they said to him, like, what, what is this prayer that you pray? When I enter into the Magish, I pray that, that, that nothing uh, bad should happen because of me. And when I leave, I I, I thank God for, for my um, portion that I've been granted. When a person enters um, uh, the Beis HaMajish, what does he say? May it be the will before you, Hashem, my God, that nothing bad should happen um, because, I don't know, maybe like a Pasch and a Shile incorrectly and somebody will do something wrong. I don't know. And I shouldn't mess up uh, regarding halacha and that my friends should be happy with me when I mess up. That shouldn't, that wouldn't be good. I won't say about something that's tamay that it's actually tahor or something that's tahor or something that's pure that I'll say that it's tamay. Right? And my friends shouldn't um, mess up with halacha and then I'll be happy in their failures. What does he say when he leaves? Uh, thank you, God. That you put my portion with those who sit in the and you didn't put my portion in those who sit on the corners. Because I wake up early and they wake up early. I wake up for words of Torah, for things of Torah. They wake up for um, things of null. I work hard and they work hard. I work hard and I receive reward, but they work hard and they don't receive reward. I run and they run. haba I run to um, the life of the world to come, and they run to a pit of destruction. Wow. Now the, these uh, little prayers actually are in you know if you're if you're following along in a regular you know Gemara book, so chances are at the beginning of the book on on like the front cover of the book. Um, there are these prayers over there, uh, you can find them for when you enter and when you exit the uh Hamedrash. Tanur Abanen, Rabbi Eliezer, when Rabbi Eliezer got sick, and he was on like his deathbed, kilu. Now, there are those who change this to Agos, Agra, I believe, or no, the Gileon Ashas changes this to Rabbi ben Azariah. Now remember, Rabbi Eliezer, remember from the Tanur Shalachnai, Rabbi Eliezer was excommunicated and he died in excommunication, so nobody was really hanging out with him so much, so uh, the so the Gileon Ashas says that this is Takah Rabbi ben Azariah, okay? His students came in to visit him. Our teacher, um, teach us the ways of life. Um, and then we will merit with them to life of the world to come. Right. Be careful with the honor of your friends and uh, hold your children back from... So Rashi says this means from learning too much Chumash. Um, right and he says right says rashi on the last wide line of rashi and there's a note here that says leminus, which is interesting don't have them learn too much um, um, scripture because then it might um, bring them to christianity i think if we've been learning it meaning uh, as referring to early christians which is interesting you should place them on the laps of of of, of torah scholars and when you pray, know in front of whom you are praying. And um, for this, you will merit to life of the world to come. When Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai got sick. Now, uh, just in a historical note about Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai that could provide some context here. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, um, was you know he he had the responsibility of during the siege of Jerusalem to go out um, to meet. I believe it was. Titus, I believe. Um, or maybe it was Vespasian, I think it actually was. Um, he had to go out with them and make three requests, um, and you know they, they were kind of pressuring him to make a request that he should spare Jerusalem, and he didn't make that request. Instead, he made three other requests. Uh, it's the Gemara and Gittin. Um, and and um, anyways, I think he always you know felt the responsibility. I mean, I think he probably felt that he made the correct decision, because if he asked to spare Jerusalem like that, that probably wasn't really on the table. Um, so he asked uh, three other things, but I think he, he always felt a certain responsibility for or a certain guilt for not asking to spare Jerusalem. Anyway, so now he's, he's reflecting on his deathbed. And he says... Uh, his students uh, came in to visit him. When he saw them, he began to cry, So his students said to him, The candle of Israel, the right pillar, i.e. the strong pillar, the, 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 and the, and the strong, um, hammer. How come you're crying? He said to them, If they were bringing me in front of a human king, that today he's here and tomorrow he's dead. If he gets angry at me, it's not an eternal wrath. It's not an eternal anger. And if he puts me in jail, he won't put me in jail for all of eternity. And even if he gives me the ultimate punishment of, of death, it's not an eternal death. I could perhaps appease him with words. I could, I could bribe him if I need to. And even so, I would cry. And now that they're that that, that they're bringing me in front of God that he lives for all, of eternity, for all eternity. That if he gets angry at me, his, his anger is eternal. And if he puts me in jail, he will put me in jail for all of eternity. And if he kills me, it's an eternal death. I can't appease him with words. I can't pay him off with money. And not only that, in front of me are two possible paths. One of paradise and one of hell. And I don't know which one they're going to take me on. And I won't cry. They said to him, you know, Rabbi, please bless us. the that the fear of that you should fear God as much as you fear other human beings. Only as much as we fear other human beings and no more than that. He said to him, You should fear God as much as you fear other human beings. Right? You should know because when somebody does an Aver, he says, I hope nobody sees me. But even though God, of course, sees. I when he was uh, taking his last breaths when he died. He said to them, P'nu Get rid of all of the vessels from the room so that they shouldn't become Tameh with Tumas Shaba And prepare a chair for Chizkiyahu, the king of Judah, who is coming. Wow. New Mishnah. Every single day a person prays Shmon um, Esrei. Rabbi Yudah Omer Rabbi Yehoshua says, no, you don't dive in the full Shmona Eswe, you just say sort of in, uh, an abridged version of each Bracha of Shmona Eswe, a shorter version of each Bracha of Shmona Eswe. Rabbi Yekiva says, Rabbi Yekiva has sort of a compromised opinion, so to speak, that if, you know, he knows the Shmona Eswe really well and he could say it quickly and it flows from his mouth, so let him say Shmona Eswe. Otherwise, let him say, otherwise he'll say sort of a smaller, a shorter version of Eswe. And it's also interesting, you know, Rabbi Akiva, you know, again, he started learning when he was 40 years old. You know, he knows what it means, I guess, to break your teeth on the prayers, right? And he says, look, you know, I've been there. You know, if, if, if you have a really hard time getting through the Shemona you could just say a shorter version of Shemona Esrei. If somebody makes his um, um, prayers keva, like what's kavua, like fixed. You know, I don't know, maybe like, you know, you just say the words, you don't add anything new. You know, they're not dynamic, there's nothing alive about them. So then your tefillah is not tachanunim. And, you know, from from all the places that we've seen about prayers being rachameh, you know, it feels almost like you're kind of missing the point, or at least that point. Maybe your yotze, the uh, tefillahs keneged to me them right? Maybe your yotze, kilo, you're davening on time, you know, and you're saying the words, sure, but ain't tefillahs to tachanunim, you're not, you're not being yotze, the tefillahs keneged of us Maybe, anyways. Yeshua, Omar, doctor, Yeshua, if a person is walking in a dangerous place, he he prays what's called This is different than Me'ein Shmon Esrei. This is something even shorter. Omar, he says, That, you know, uh, God save um, um, your nation, the remnants of Israel. In any Parsha Sa'ibor, their um, uh, need shall be before you. And Rashi says that the, the Gomar is going to explain what this Parsha Sa'ibor thing is. Blessed are you, God, who listens to prayers. If a person's riding on a donkey, should get down from the donkey in order to pray. And if he's unable to get down from the donkey for whatever reason, he should just turn his face towards Jerusalem. And if he's unable to turn his face, then he should at least um, um, align his heart, you know, is the intention of his heart, with the Holy of Holies in the Temple in Jerusalem. If he was traveling on a boat or on a raft, also he should align his intentions um, with the um, Holy of Holies. So these 18 brachos, how come 18? Is it just because they just wrote a bunch of blessings and it just happened to be 18? Or is there a reason why they're specifically 18? In the Tehillim, of Havula Hashem B'nei Elim, Havula Hashem Kavod Va'Oz, in that one, it says Yudkei Vavke 18 times. So, can I get those 18 times, it says that uh, we have um, 18 um, blessings in the Sh'mon Essay. Rav Yosef, I'm a K'neged Yudkes HaZkar V'Kriyashma. Yosef says it's connected that 18 times that God's name is mentioned in Kriyashma, so I actually counted, so there's, uh, I believe, 11 Yudkei Vavkes and then if you add all like the Elohims and stuff, I got up to 17, not 18, but uh, maybe I miscounted or something. But anyways, that, that would be how Rav Yosef calculates 18. Levi that it's the eighteen um, vertebrae in the um spine. Okay. When you bow down, you should bow down until all of the vertebrae in your spine are, are protruding. Ula that you should bow down until you could see a um coin opposite your heart i guess that was on the floor opposite your heart rabbi khanina amar na ana enu says that once you you know just make a nodding with your head then then you've done enough rabbi says yeah but that's only if like that's pretty much the most you can do you know if you're somebody who's just un- unfortunately physically unable to really move so you know just making an indication with your head that you're attempting to bow is enough hani Tam so the Gemara says, wait a second. These aren't eighteen brachos. There's actually nineteen brachos in the Shemonas Ve'Amr. Rabbi Levi, Levi said that the bracha of Vilamal Shinamati, Sikva, was actually added later on in Yavne um, when the when the and the Chacham were in Yavne. Keneged Mitiknua. So now what was it? Keneged, right? Meaning we we've been sort of saying eighteen is Keneged, uh, you know, Yudke Vavkez and Avul Hashem Bnei Elim or the God's name in Shema. so, so what's nineteen? So, Amravlevi le Rabbi Hillel b'do Rabbi Shmuel ben Achmani kel ha covered here. So, according to Rabbi Hillel b'do Rabbi Shmuel ben who says that it's based on the Yud kevavkez, not with Hashem bnei elim, but it also says kel ha covered herein. So that kel is also a name of God. So that's the nineteenth one. The have Yosef who says in Kriyashma connected ah uh, echad shem v'Kriyashma when he says Hashem elkin Hashem echad, so that echad counts as another Hashem Hashem, and that'll be the nineteenth. Um Rav Tanhum Amravishu ben Levi connected chulia ketanah shem v'shidra. Uh, um, and according to Rabbi who says that it's based on the vertebrae in the spine, so it's connected. keneged, the, uh, there's a small vertebrae there in the spine, and that one is what it's, the 19th one is. Shkalech, everybody. Really big page today, but um, very cool page today. Some really cool stuff. That story of uh, Reb Gamliel and Rabbi Yoshua is, what what a story. that that That's like, that that's like a classic story from the Gemara. Um, and... Uh, it's so a very interesting story about rulership and authority and you know, our perspectives towards rulership and even the fact that you know they were scared to have put somebody else there because he knows how to be the leader, right? I think in Israeli politics we, we can relate to that as well, even though I, I'm really not much of a politics at all. But um, we, we have had our you know certain leaders who, who people are just scared to have anybody other than them. And we saw that by Rabbi Gamliel as well, um, you know, and anyways, yeah, and then all those prayers, Uh, from, you know, and those stories with Rabbi Yochanan and Zakkai and Rabbi Lezben Azariah. Super, super interesting. I hope everybody enjoyed, um, and I'll catch y'all tomorrow. Peace out, friends.